Hey everybody, this is Valerie A.B., a beautiful creepster, and you are listening to A Paranormal Chicks. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 14. And I'm still sick. Well, it's been like three days. <laughs> <laughs> and she still sounds like death. But you know who doesn't sound like death? You. No. Oh. Valerie A.B. Oh. <laughs> I got flu brain still. <laughs> Valerie, you heard, was the amazing... <laughs> Valerie, you are... <laughs> Yoda over here today. You know, I always say that I'm Yoda and I'm literally never seen Star Wars. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> anyway, Valerie is a beautiful creepster in the Creepinati, so that's why she got to introduce this episode. So if you want to, hop on over to the Twist and Shout. <laughs> Find a two-dance partner. Wait, wait. Find a two-step partner. And a Cajun beat. beat. Anyway, patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Check it out. A few different tiers, all of which come with different goodies. Yep. And check it out. So I think we should just jump right in. Yes. Donna's going to read some very short stories. (laughs) Oh, right now? Oh. Yeah, read them both right now at the same time. (laughs) And then she's going to try. She has like a, I can't decide if it's like a. A sexy laugh, or like, <laughs> no. a, or like a pure desperation laugh. <laughs> All right, this one starts off. I want to start by saying sorry. I'm such a nerd, and that I giggle my ass off listening to you women. Love it. Oh, that does not make a nerd. That makes you cool as fucking shit. <laughs> yes, you know though, shit's hot. You know, I was just thinking. I was like, it's a really dumb saying. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) we digress. (laughs) Here's one for you lovely ghouls and with a recording. What? Yeah. The story begins like this. I'm sitting outside at night in my backyard talking to my friend on the phone. I'm looking out at the sky when I see something on my neighbor's roof catch my eye. I see this pitch black figure, blob shaped, cylindrical shaped but with no defining features. No gradient of color or lack of, just black darkness. What caught my eye was the very top of it looked as if it was glitched, sort of like a computer or matrix glitch. I saw the top of the blob glitch in a weird way. So I take notice that, yes, it's pitch black, and I keep staring at it. I think to myself, I'll stare at this thing till it moves, and then I'm leaving because I don't know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That was the weirdest laugh I've ever done. (laughs) It doesn't move, doesn't glitch. I start to feel creeped out, so I get up and leave. As I'm walking away, I think, no, what if something's on my neighbor's roof? So I turn back, and sure enough, the blob is gone. And I start to notice that I can see the definition of the AC unit up on that roof, as well as the tiles of the roof and the tree right next to it. Fuck! I say and scram into the house to tell my roommates so they can go see or investigate for themselves. Terrifying. 
I had tears in my eyes. I had no idea what I saw. It did scare me, but since it was unexplainable to my science skeptic self, there must be an explanation and left it at that. The next morning, I'm on my way to work and I start recording a dumb Snapchat because that's what we millennials do. But in parentheses, she put, I like math, not spelling, because she misspelled it. (laughs) (laughs) And la-di-da, I go through my workday and when on my lunch, I rewatched my Snapchat story. God, she sounds like you. Uh Uh-huh. And to my very surprise, there is a voice in the very first Snapchat I recorded. Oh, ladies. Oh, please give this a good listen and ghost bust it for me or hype me up because, God damn it, it's spooky. Oh, my God. Weird coincidence. Still can't explain it. I was thinking there was a crazy homeless person yelling near my window that morning. Did the radio person suddenly become very aggressive about announcing what's next? I couldn't remember hearing such an aggressive, loud yell that morning. Enjoy, my people. Much love from Arizona, Jessica. What? It's not like I said Bueller. <laughs> what? Hi, ladies. I keep wanting to send you a good ghost story, but I can't really decide on which one. So I thought I would tell you about the house I grew up in. This house was one of the original houses built in my hometown in Kanab, Utah. It was built in 1892, and my parents purchased it somewhere around 1978 or 79. I was born in 1980, and that's the only house I lived in until I went to college. This house has had a lot of residents, and I feel like there was a lot of residual energy floating through the house, but also some ghosts. There were so many times growing up that I just felt like somebody was watching me or that there was somebody in the room with me. I used to hear my name being called, but only from this one corner in my room. That's another thing. I never changed rooms that I lived in while my sisters eventually moved downstairs to the room directly under mine. Our stairs were super creaky and most of us learned exactly where to step if we were sneaking out of bed so the stairs wouldn't creak. My daddy used to stay up late and watch episodes of MASH, and I always knew the sound of his footsteps coming to bed. I also heard many other footsteps on those stairs long after everyone had gone to sleep. There is a big age gap between myself and my sisters, and usually when they came home for the holidays, I would share a bed with them downstairs just because I liked to. There was one night in particular where I had decided to sleep in my own bed. It was the middle of the night and I was passed the fuck out. I remember my sister coming in my room and waking me up to ask me something, but I had been in such a deep sleep I couldn't register what she was saying. I was pretty cranky about being disturbed while I was sleeping as well. Finally, I could focus enough to realize she was telling me that she heard me walking around up in my room. Was I having trouble sleeping? Did I want to join her in her bed? I was so irritated about being woke up that I said no and rolled over. Years later, I thought back to that and wondered what she was hearing. Who was she hearing? And felt really bad about not joining her in her bed because she probably was scared out of her mind. I never asked her about it, though. Another time in my room, I was probably about nine years old. I was in bed again. That sounds like my kind of life. This time, I was staying up to read for a bit and just had the side table lamp on. 
I was sort of used to the feeling of being watched, although it always scared me, and this night I got the feeling again, but worse. I knew there was a woman, and she was dressed in, like, period clothes, Victorian clothes, but like a nightgown and a nightcap. I knew she was standing next to my bed, and that if I put my book down, that I would see her standing there. I did not put my book down. But this night and many others, I told her I knew she was there and she was scaring me, so please go away. I don't think she ever did, though. Fast forward to years later and I had my first job at a gift shop in town. My boss lived some of her teenage years in the same house before her parents sold it, although she lived in the room my parents occupied. I asked her if anybody had ever died in the house that she knew of and she said that one of the original owners, a woman, had died downstairs by the fireplace. I told my boss I heard voices in that house and she said she used to hear them too when she lived there. Fast forward to when I was 19. I had done a year of college and had then moved back home to save money to go backpacking in Ireland and Scotland with my best friend at the time. Now that's freaking awesome. Uh Uh-huh. My parents used to go out of town on the weekends for religious things, so I would be alone in the house one night a week. One night, my friend decides she wants to come over and give me a tarot card reading, so I agree. We sit at my table, and first she casts some sort of spell by setting up the four elements around her card deck. It was a bowl of water, a bowl of dirt, a lit candle, and then a bowl she just blew into to represent air. Question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) I think the purpose of that was to ask for guidance with the reading. I don't know for sure. She did her reading, which I can't remember, and then started asking me if I realized my house was haunted. I was like, duh. And then she stated she wanted to go into the basement. Our basement was the original house's basement, so a root cellar. Previous owners had poured cement on the floor, but the back walls were still dirt and boards, and one corner you could see the roots from the flowers my parents had planted alongside the house. Nope. No. No. Nope. No. I hated that basement. It was just creepy. The light at the top of the stairs only lit the first half of the basement, and then you had to walk in the dark for a couple of feet to turn on a shop light. No. Mama would send us down for fruits and vegetables for dinner, and I always hoped it would be veggies because they were closer to the stairs while the fruit was in the back, right? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I'm in, like, uh, mac and cheese. That's Mm -hmm. all I need. Doesn't fruit and veggies come in a fucking can? No. Anyway, so my friend and I go down to the basement, and she tells me there's a grumpy male ghost that lives down there. I mean, if I was stuck in a root cellar, I'd probably be grumpy, too. (laughs) Not true. She said that, not me. (laughs) Or maybe he hung out in the basement for the simple fact he was grumpy. Who knows? She looked around, seems satisfied, and starts up the stairs again with me following behind her. Great. And after this encounter, she goes home and leaves me all by my damn self. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Dun, dun, dun. Right? After this night, I felt like her digging around got the spirits more active than usual. I felt their presence much stronger than I used to, and I was too scared to stay the night by myself anymore. I remember one evening in particular, it was the weekend again, so my parents were gone, and I was playing the piano. I had been playing some classical music, and everything was fine. Then I switched over to some new age stuff and got the biggest knot in my stomach. I started to get that feeling that I was being watched, but also it was a negative something. 
For some reason, I decided to switch back to classical music, and the feeling went away. To test this, I switched back to New Age music, and the not and bad feeling came back. In my head, I pictured a Victorian mother and her son sitting on our couch listening to me, and they didn't like the new stuff. That's just the image in my head. I don't know if that was real, but it was enough for me, and I headed to my bestie's house to stay that night. Years later, I was living in Colorado and was hanging out with a friend who claimed to be sensitive to spirits. I told her about the night playing piano, and she said, oh yeah, they were listening to you. Flash forward to 2014. My mama had just died. Daddy was in long-term care facility as he was pretty progressed with Alzheimer's and my mama couldn't take care of him anymore. We knew we were going to sell the house as none of the kids could purchase it or stay and take care of it. I was working for a public school district at the time and had the summer off, so I volunteered to stay and clean out the house as much as I could until I had to go back to work. I was nervous about staying there alone, especially being in mourning and not knowing what spirit activity would be visiting me there. My sister-in-law gave me some petrified wood to put in the doorways as petrified wood is supposed to keep bad spirits away. That helped a little, but I was still scared. I think the first night was the worst. I know it sounds weird, but I slept in my mama's bed because it made me feel close to her. Her bed had been moved downstairs along with a separate bed for daddy when she was caring for him at home before placing him in the facility. This room had two doorways, one to the front room and one that led to the stairway and kitchen. I immediately placed petrified wood in each doorway, but still had to sleep with the door closest to me open with the hall light on because I was scared. After the first week, however, I was able to sleep with the doors closed and no nightlight. A couple of weeks into my stay, one of my sisters came to visit. We were just chatting and looking at old pictures and things, and she mentioned to me the house felt empty. Well, duh, but she meant empty as an energy. She said it felt like all the energy that was there when we were growing up, and even when we came to visit Mama, was gone. She stated when we had come to prepare for my Mama's funeral, she had felt such a strong presence of my mom and all the life that had been lived in that house, and now it was all over. There was nothing. I considered that and how I wasn't scared to stay alone overnight anymore. I no longer felt like I was being watched or that there was a presence or something I couldn't see. I wonder if the residual energy of all the families that had lived in that house thrived off of our family living there. Once the house emptied, the energy went away. I'm curious about the people who purchased the house and live in it now and if they feel anything or if my mama's death ended it. I don't know, but that's my story about the house I grew up in. I have included some photos of the house. The window to my room in the picture is the second story above the front porch, closest to the right side of the photo. The room I stayed in after my mama died is the first story window directly under that. The window is kind of hidden by the post. I also want to mention a recurring dream I used to have when I was a kid. In the dream, I was alone in the house and it was dusk. I was scared, and I was looking out the front door window. There was absolutely no sound in this dream except for my whimpering. As I looked out the window, these shadow figures started emerging out of the bushes and coming down the hallway towards the house. They were complete shadows. I couldn't make out any features or facial features or anything. They didn't make a sound, but they kept coming towards the house. I backed away towards another room, and the shadow figures came through the windows and the front door. I would always wake up at that point and they never reached me. It was always just a scary dream I used to have until I listened to the pod and learned about actual shadow people. So now I'm totally freaked out. I used to have that dream. What does that mean? Thank you for having an awesome podcast and being such personable people that we can chat and relate to. 
I can't wait for the future pods. Creep it real, friends. Andy. Wow. Oh, my gosh, Andy. Thank you so much for that story. Wow, that was a good one. That was. And how weird that it's two shadow people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. And about the piano music playing. I know. Mm-mm. Gosh. I guess those ghosts knew what they like. Yeah, she was like, these kids today with their new fangle shit. This rock and roll bullshit. <laughs> Do they cuss in the Victorian days? <laughs> All right. Here is my story. Sorry for the bad English. I come from a small village in northern Norway on the Norwegian-Swedish border, about 430 residents today. About 100 years ago, this was a mining village and about 2,000 residents and over 700 miners. Before this place became a mining village in 1858, this was a grazing land for the Satmi Satmi reindeer. How's it spelled? S-A-P-M-I. The Satmi, which is the Norwegian and Swedish native people, was banished from the village when it became a mining village, and to trespass was illegal. So the Satmi people that trespassed were killed or tortured. (gasps) My gosh. In the mountains of this village is our family cabin. The cabin is close to a big lake with a few islets. One of the islets is called Dead Man's Island. I have practically been raised in this family cabin since I lived with my great-grandparents, and I have always wondered why this island was named Dead Man's Island. My great-grandfather didn't tell me before I was 16. It turns out that a Satmi man was walking across the lake and was caught by some villagers. The villagers captured this man and locked him in a cranny. After locking him in, they set the cranny on fire and the Satmi man was burned alive. What the fuck? Like, yeah. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Okay. My great-grandfather says that you can hear the man scream if you walk across the lake at nighttime when the lake is completely quiet. So, naturally, I answer, oh, fuck no, if anyone wants me to cross the lake at nighttime. Uh-uh. There's another story about a haunted backpack. Yes, a backpack. Hanging on the wall in a tourist cabin further up the mountains. I'm sorry, are you saying backpack? Yes, Dora. Dora. (laughs) The backpack belonged to a man that disappeared in the mountains over a hundred years ago. Oh, shit. The man was lost in the Satmi territory in the mountains, but the backpack was found. It is said you should never touch or put your hand inside the backpack. Many miners in the village have lost fingers or the entire hand in accidents after touching the backpack. I have more stories about this village, but I'm going to save it. Also, my fingers are tired after typing this story on my phone. Love your podcast, you awesome gals. Love, Caroline B. Oh my gosh. All right, last one. Hi, Donna and Carrie. I absolutely love your podcast and everything to do with true crime and the paranormal. The podcast has gotten me through a lot. I am quite young still, a grumpy teen, always, but I know what I saw that night. It has officially traumatized me. This story is more about true crime. I've gone to therapy for two years now, and I'm finally beginning to get better. So let me start about my childhood. I live in a place far, far away, Australia. Ah! (laughs) Hey, two uh, international listeners in a row. Yes. 
Oh my God, girl. Donna wants you to record this with you talking. Please. Oh. Okay. Actually, I mean, if we need, we can have my Siri do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I live in an amazing city. Just not saying, just for privacy. I was an athletic child. I began to play rugby at the age of eight, and I'm still playing to this day. I had a lot of very close friends and always loved school. When I began high school, it changed. I began to think of myself as ugly, fat, but I eventually got over that stage. I met an amazing girl and boy there. Their names are John and Anita. They don't mind you using their name. And Anita is still my best friend to this day. But John, well, all I can say is something happened. So one night, we were all at my house, which is right across the bay, next to an old mental asylum and across from a park. I lived in a decent area. So we were all sitting on the floor in my room. I was scrolling through my phone when John jumped up from the floor. He described that he needed to leave for the night and said his mother was going to pick him up from the park. I didn't think anything of it just because his mother was quite an anxious woman. So Anita and I were saying our goodbyes and he walked out my front door. This was the second to last time I'd ever see John alive. Oh my gosh. Anita and I went back up to my room and carried on with the usual sleepover stuff. But at about 2.30 a.m., we decided we wanted to go explore the asylum next door. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. We snuck out of my window and we both jumped into the pool, which was right under my window. Dripping wet, we walked, shivering, down the path. We arrived at the front door. My anxiety began to kick in. But I pushed it back down, swallowed my gut, and walked in with Anita. We didn't bring anything, so we were walking alone at 3 in the morning in complete darkness. We decided to split up. Anita walked down the basement stairs, and I decided I want to go up to the attic. Anita was kind of a badass. As the floorboards creaked quickly under me, I was terrified to be alone. I began to walk up the stairs when I began to hear chanting. My heart dropped. I was scared out of my mind. I felt like running back out the door and straight back into my room and just sleep. But I told myself that I wasn't going to be a pussy, so I slowly walked up the stairs. I dunked down and lifted my head slowly to get a view of what was in the attic. I was absolutely shocked. There was a group of people standing in a circle wearing black cloaks with their faces covered. What? There were at least 60 candles lighting up the room. In the middle of the circle was John. Wait. His mouth was covered in duct tape. His hands were tied behind his back and his ankles were tied together. Oh my God. I felt like running up and trying to save him somehow, but I knew that wasn't an option. His eyes were filled with fear like no other. His eyes drifted towards me, but he remained calm. His eyes told me what to do, so I slowly walked back down the stairs and began to run. I managed to catch Anita coming up the basement stairs. I grabbed her arm, and we both run out of the building. We ran out of the doors, and when we were outside, we managed to find a phone booth and called 000, emergency number in Australia. When the police arrived, they swarmed the building and came out with all of the hooded figures, but no John. They took me aside and told me that John had been murdered. I was absolutely devastated. Knowing that maybe I could have done more haunts me to this day. 
A couple of weeks after my mother explained to me what the scene was inside the building, but I won't explain it to you, only for respect for the family involved. But the hooded people were a cult group that was active in the area. Never found out what happened to them, though, so that's all. I thought I would share that with y'all just to say it could happen to anyone. Doesn't matter if you live in the richest city in the safest town. It can happen to anybody. Lots of love. Creep it real, Aaron. Yes, you can use my name. Also, sorry had to use my student email because, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What? Woo! One to end on, and that is eyes wide <sighs> shut kind of shit. And bless you. Oh my god! I like bless. First of all, heart. you are so strong for making it through. Yes, and that you are able to like go to counseling and move on. Like that is amazing. Yeah, and you're so young. If that would have happened to me, one, my legs would have been noodles, and I I would have fallen down in there and been like... They would have all turned around and been like... (laughs) But like, uh, did I do that? Damn. No, I would have been like backing up like Ace Ventura. Yes. So you are so strong that you were able to make it out and call... Yeah. Triple Zero or whatever y'all call it. That's easier than 911. Well, fuck yeah, it is. You Leave know why? it to because the damn. Fucking Aussies know everything. I was gonna say, damn, they knew what's up for real. That's crazy, girl. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Holy yes, crap. thank y'all so much for sending in all of your stuff. Yes, every y'all, story is incredible. Yeah, y'all pour your hearts out into it and tell us some of the like very private and very emotionally charged aspects of your life and we truly appreciate you sharing with us yes and everyone who's listening because that's how we learn and grow as people together and yeah we appreciate it well and i've learned too from how people talk to spirits Mm -hmm. when they're there like i know you're here and you're scaring me can you go like that's huge well and even like the other night i told you at like three something my nephew texts me because he says that he sees this, like, dark shadow in his bedroom. But, I don't know. My sister thinks that it's legit. His dad is like, I don't know. You know. Yeah. But he texts me at, like, 3-something in the morning and was like, I see this shadow. Because he was on Christmas break. Anyway, I see that dark shadow figure in the corner. And then he said he was scared about it. And then he was like, and my TV just turned off by itself. And he was like, um freaking out well of course i was asleep so but because of this i you know i texted him and i was like you know just uh, next time ask jesus to help you because that's what everybody's told us here you know that's helped them when they're the most scared and the most you know in those positions and so i was able to give him i don't know if it i mean i mean it was like four hours later (laughs) because i was asleep at three o'clock in the morning but he survived yeah and didn't respond to that text. So <laughs> he could be dead. Who knows? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Just kidding. Dun, dun, dun. Obvi. Okay. Thank y'all again. Yes. Happy New Year. We are starting this year off with a bang. We, and a cough. Yeah. And by bang, I mean we both have the plague. So thank y'all for sending in your stories. Keep sending them in because we love doing these episodes with y'all. So send in stories. If you want to introduce an episode... You remember how we said to do it. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, review, all those things that you do on all that social media stuff. 
Yep. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.